you didn't, anyway. you didn't see that um, that clip of the, I think it was a Zoom conference call with somebody's work where one of the guys didn't realize it was video and he was there in his nip. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, just, I didn't, uh, but I did. It's worth a look. <laughs> but he was, he didn't realize it. He, he thought it was just was audio. On. He just thought it was audio only. And he thought his video was turned off and they could just hear him. Oh so he was, yeah. he's sitting at his desk with no top on. I think they were all just a bit <laughs> uncomfortable. And then he stands up <laughs> and you just see everyone, everyone's hands goes up in front of their face. And <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great though. Please send that on to me. I will, I will. I did see, I did come across a video though where a girl, uh, she, she's on a conference call as well with around maybe 10 other people or something like that. And she obviously, doesn't realize that um a girl a woman and she obviously <laughs> doesn't realize that uh, she is her video on either and she brings the laptop to the bathroom <laughs> and puts it down with the camera oh, facing her on. so you can see her sitting down on the toilet oh, and then no. she realizes halfway through but everyone's just trying to keep on going but be- and then the oh. person who's talking she just sees everyone else laughing and kind of you get like shocked and putting their hand in front of their face and she's saying what's going on what's going on <laughs> oh, you just co- I, you just have to resign there and then you just couldn't go back into work after that imagine oh, oh god, god. That, i think i've said this before but silver lining to all of this is the amount of memes <laughs> the oh, hilarious yeah, yeah. memes and videos that have been going around yeah. it is it is mad though yeah if you want the silver <laughs> lining to all the deaths it's the memes yes this- <laughs> It's what about all the memes, though? <laughs> yeah. The videos. Yeah. yeah, I really just shouldn't. I'm just not going to say anything. Maybe the families could take some <laughs> some some comfort in that, you know. But have you the have memes, you seen though? these memes? <laughs> Good memes. Any sort of consolation? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, I, I really need to stop. stop Time is a great healer. This day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll you'll enjoy I'm, these I'm memes. Watching sometime. people in the nip. Yeah. <laughs> all because of you know. Your your child contributed in a way, <laughs> but um, <coughs> it's a good job nobody's listening. Um, I know, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, but yeah, I found so, out with students that uh, you know, we you remember we gave them all the software that they would need or access to it. Oh yeah, yeah. and then like that's three weeks ago, and like I'm getting emails like two days before the assignments due. Uh, I can't download the software. And I go, you're only yeah. trying now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, my, I, I'm such a um, hounder, which I'm so annoying with students. They don't even get the chance. I'm like, did that work? That, like the next day, I was oh. like, did it work? Did it work? Please tell me. Every couple of days, I'm onto them. Any problems? Anyone needing help? Anyone having problems with software or laptops? they just laptops pretended or? that it was downloaded. Uh, but it, no, they're just not even saying anything, some of them, you know, so. Oh, God, but, um, yeah, I know. And also, it's wow. a lot of, you know, <clears throat> what do we have to do? And you kind of go, did you read the brief? Did you? You know, yeah. anyway, this is boring <laughs> for anyone else, even for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is our, um, our our virus outbreak special, you know, mm. in an effort to remain oh, yeah, topical at all times. This is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, we didn't want, again, the people to go without their pop filter of podcast. Of course. Okay. So, in these, you know, in these, bringing uh, it in these uh, unprecedented times. times you know we can't be letting people down we need a little bit of yeah <laughs> intellectual <coughs> here's a stimulation yeah, here's a podcast about <laughs> films about the uh about outbreaks <laughs> yeah. and uh, so this yeah. was your idea you had three films in mind that you wanted us to have a look at and they were um they were outbreak 12 mm-hmm. monkeys and contagion <laughs> yeah. contagion yes yeah, yeah. and so i had only seen outbreak before this i had oh had you okay 
yeah, Contagion or Twelve Monkeys up until until up until we said we were gonna do it for the show. So um. So did you rewatch? Oh, I think I watched what. Did you rewatch Outbreak or did you just go with? Your oh, I did. Oh yeah. yes, no, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I rewatched Outbreak, which yeah. was great. Actually, I learned a lot by rewatching it. So um, <laughs> and then we also, I also asked you to listen to an album. You did called Sung Tongs by Tons, yeah. Animal Collective. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, okay. So which one would you like to talk about first? Well, well let's go and. In the chronological order, which I guess would make Outbreak first, wouldn't it? Yep, perfect. Okay, so I'm going to do my little uh, intro then. So outbreak, so... <laughs> so... <clears throat> when a deadly virus carried by a monkey host from the African rainforest starts infecting the entire population, a handful of scientists struggle to find a cure in and the 1995 American medical disaster film Outbreak, which was directed by Wolfgang Peterson and is based on Richard Preston's non-fiction book called The Hot Zone. So Outbreak stars Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman and Don- Donald Sutherland. And it also co-stars Cuba Gooding Jr., Kevin Spacey and Patrick Dempsey. There's actually, a, it's a big, well-known cast oh, yeah. in it. In a remote African jungle, a small monkey is captured, bound for a pet store in America. The animal carries a deadly virus. Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world, is in our hands. We cannot. We dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. Your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. We got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them have got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. If that bug gets out of there, 260 million Americans will be dead or dying. I'm leaving with the team in an hour. From the heart of a small California town. Damn it, Sam, I want to save these people same as you. To the inner circle of power in Washington. The most optimistic... I, I've read the book that it's based on, actually. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, a long time ago, but it was one of the most terrifying books I've ever read. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a non-fiction account of various outbreaks around the world and what was, what was done to contain those outbreaks and the people who have to deal with it you know and it was just right. terrifying i remember reading i think it was about 98 or something no it was earlier than that okay. oh i i read it in 98 so it'd been out for a good few years at that point mm-hmm. and uh <coughs> i remember thinking a virus is going to get us all one day it's going to happen because <laughs> you know? it, yeah. it was just yeah. so it just really laid it out you know with international travel being so available and you're yeah, not you're not well, more than 24 thing. hours away from anywhere and we're encroaching into habitats yeah. that we probably we shouldn't be and it's be all so easily so, spread yeah, yeah. so it's so contagious as so well how is it looking back on that film yeah well that's the thing so i watched it for the first time in the 90s as a youngster and i thought it was absolutely terrifying i, I thought <laughs> it was brilliant and i thought it was yeah. so scary like to me it was almost like a horror film i remember seeing it and i remember seeing how it spread and what happened to the people who got it and you know it was really kind of um i was gonna say over the top it's not really there are some viruses obviously that would cause you know um um, sores on the skin and, and blood would be coming out of those sores and everything else and I just thought it was the most terrifying thing and the, and the fact that it just started with this one monkey and just 
kept going but when i watched it originally at the time i thought it was you know really kind of almost gritty and realistic yeah, but then yeah. when i watched it's it very back, slick yeah just just recently oh my god especially after watching contagion which is you know completely different yeah, yeah. Film. but when i watched it it's like that well for a film about viruses, there's a whole lot of explosions in it that yeah. I had totally forgotten about. Like, it's pretty, it is, it's basically an action film, which yeah. I di- at the time, I didn't think it was. I thought it was more like a thriller or something like that. that. So when I watched it back, yeah, I was really, I was really surprised at how over the top it was, yeah. how ridiculous it was. Uh, it's just so blunt and yeah. so in your face. Oh, and God, and yeah. the helicopter, the amount of <coughs> helicopter chases that they have, yeah. and different explosions. And also, at the time, I remember thinking that the, um, I don't think it's aged well at all, basically. Like, at no. the time, obviously, I thought everything, the explosions, the CGI, all of that was fantastic. <laughs> then when I watched it back, you know, the very first part, I was also surprised, um, about how much <laughs> I, I didn't know that they were, you know, blowing up whole towns and villages just to get rid yes. of this virus. Well, I don't remember that <coughs> from my first time watching it. The whole thing is basically set against the ticking clock of they're going to drop an atomic bomb <laughs> on this town <laughs> to contain the virus. And it's like a race against time to actually stop this bomb being dropped out of town and yeah. all it takes is one person to have gotten out in a car and driven to another town and then you're dropping a bomb on that one but it, yeah, yeah that was where it yeah. truly got ridiculous and uh and i didn't i don't rem- i didn't remember that from the first time i watched it i didn't realize that happened obviously i watched it at the time and thought yeah this is totally plausible yes, this, could this is a reasonable solution <laughs> yeah. and the fact that the american president was behind this as well although yes. i wouldn't really put it past trump to do no. something like that but uh, if, you, you know if he could, any he other president yeah <laughs> yeah but the thoughts of any other american yeah. president being like yeah well this is the only thing we can do yeah but, this um that act- that bit actually seems quite plausible now where Whereas before it never did, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I know, in, in, its, thing, yeah. in its handling of the the subject matter, I thought it was very heavy handed and it just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, after watching Contagion, you kind of get the sense that it took obviously huge liberties with um, uh, with how viruses work in lots of ways. And as did Contagion, yeah. you know, because I, I, I looked up... Uh, you know, uh, there was one element of contagion that kind of applies to this as well, where the virus was was uh, from the moment you get it to the moment you die was very quick. It was like hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and viruses like yeah. like a lot of time to to cook up inside you. They need a you know, so you start coughing up a lot of them. You know, um, mm-hmm. but this was killing people off really quickly. And, and I guess in outbreak, it had almost like a hundred percent fatality. If you came in contact with anyone who had yeah. this, you were a goner. You know. And, um, that was the thing, yeah. It was funny that to see them. It seemed like it, what year was it? it was ninety five? Ninety five. Ninety five. So what's yeah. that? Twenty five years ago. So that's um, I guess Dustin Hoffman might have been approaching fifty at that point, maybe. Mm. Ish, yeah, he ish. Yeah. So it was interesting. Funny to see that they were kind of trying to get a, an action movie out of him, almost in a way, even though it's relatively higher brow action movie in some ways but it, it was funny to see him yeah, cast actually, that role you know as the you know take no yeah. shit doctor you know yeah that's the thing that was the other thing that at the time seemed very plausible but watching it back i was thinking why did they pick dustin hoffman for that role yeah. and it wasn't and like an action film but almost also like a a bit of a romance as yes, well and yes, that yes, there's yes, these yeah. two ex yeah. um <laughs> uh, 
wife and husband who are brought together with this disease and yeah. when he thinks that she's gonna die he basically <laughs> falls back in love with her and all this he had so some, i was thinking oh yeah he had some quite big mm-hmm. hair in it if i remember rightly oh yeah he did yeah, it was, he he yeah he's a small hair. man he has to do what he can to kind of you know yeah <laughs> add any sort of height yeah. whatsoever but yeah it's kind of just shows how it's funny it's like there's a, co- a couple of things i thought like one how i thought it was a really good representation of how pop culture portrays viruses a lot of the time where it is this kind of not scaremongering but it's a lot of the time it will be kind of based on a fear and sort of over the top especially with films and things like that like i don't think contagion did this actually which yeah obviously we'll talk about in a minute but i think they were it was a much more realistic portrayal of it but i thought the va- the way they dealt with it and, and, the, and the spreading of it it was all very dramatic and all very yeah. over the top but also it kind of shows you as well that films you sometimes i think films are kind of the same now as they were back in the 90s but actually I, I think i don't think you would get away with a film like outbreak now like i remember when outbreak came out and at the time it was people thought it was great well well any of the other you know eight-year-olds or whatever that i yeah, talked yeah. to at the time thought it was thought it was great and it was all very you know <laughs> quite highbrow and everything else but i think if a film like that came out now there's probably loads of films like that out and i just don't watch them maybe no, but I, I i just don't think it would be yeah i don't maybe i don't know if you would get away with it it wouldn't be quite as much of a cartoon and it would have to be almost like you know i guess like zombie movies or zombie tv shows that are kind of outbreak movies you know it's vi- yeah. virus gone mad changes the world kind of thing but i think uh, yeah. a straightforward uh approach to it is better now or is more more acceptable now but not at the time they had to have that action element and you couldn't have a you couldn't have a film like that about a, a, vi- a viral outbreak that didn't have a helicopter chase or a car chase or they have to yeah like you can't <laughs> yeah. you have to see an enemy you have to have you have to have Donald Sutherland. You can't just have this invisible virus, you know, being the enemy. So they had to ex- yeah. externalize it in a way. But um, mm. it's it's a it's, also that it's a watchable film, that, but I, I, it's nowhere near what uh, I yeah. remember it's it being. A, you know, it's, it's a bit of it's a bit of fun, but yeah, I do think it's it's stated quite badly. But the army general play, who was played by Donald, Donald Sutherland, his hatred for Dustin Hoffman <laughs> as well was <laughs> quite funny. And that is like, yeah. why are you like at one stage when he had the cure? See, at the time, I think when I was watching it. All I could see was that Dustin Hoffman has the had the cure, and Donald Sutherland was still trying to kill him. Yeah. In this, he wants, in this he like, to see ridiculous what, helicopter yeah. case. <laughs> he wanted to see what that bomb looked like when it went off. He'd never seen yeah. one before, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. But then I, I think uh, I realized afterwards apparently he, he wanted to use it the virus as a bioweapon or something oh, like okay, that. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think that I, rings so I think a bell. That's right, why yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole so thing a second time. I couldn't get through it. It was I watched about half, and I was kind of going, "Oh yeah, I remember the rest." But yeah. it was yeah, uh, I don't yeah. need to watch the rest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's I wouldn't recommend anyone bother checking that out. You know, no. it's uh, I, I I think especially when you when there are actual incredible films like yeah. Contagion Night Night. Now the one bit that I did like even this time around was the bit in the f- in the cinema right. when it shows how the virus went from one man to another. He yeah, sneezed yeah. and yeah. then somebody else was eating and it went. So I actually did like that yeah. bit because I thought that was I, I, I thought that was probably an accurate, I'm assuming an accurate enough portrayal yeah. of how it gets around you yeah. know, and something like that. And also that's, so. that's something that was in Contagion as well uh, you know in a, 
Um, yeah, that's the thing. But it was it was funny how much more violent <laughs> on that oh it was God, than yeah, I yeah. remembered. Like that bit where the people were trying to escape <laughs> from the town and they ended up blowing up the cars. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know if you got to that bit. I, I, I remember it from the first time. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just. Like four people decided to get out of this town that yeah. was being quarantined. And which you kind of wonder, obviously, people are probably not going to blow them up. But, you know, we ha- I have seen videos of people trying to when they when this first happened in china and and they were quarantining uh, um uh putting the, the city into quarantine and lockdown and people were trying to escape oh, yeah. and if they if they had the virus they wouldn't let them or whatever sure. I, I don't think it would be anywhere near as violent as yeah. in, the, in the film where yeah. there was a helicopter overhead and they just shot this <laughs> yeah. car just turning your car to like a fireball a missile or something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah and again oh, they could probably only do three or four cars like that anyway you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so will we move but, on uh, to uh 12 monkeys yeah. So twelve, yeah, 12 monkeys. Twelve yeah. monkeys. Uh, um, I did watch again. Uh, it was that was the first film I bought on DVD. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, right. and it's I love it. I think it's a great movie, and it, there's a brilliant documentary that goes with it called I think it's called The Hamster Factor, because there's mm-hmm. a scene in it where Bruce Willis is getting ready to time travel. We'll come back to our blurb in a sec. But in the background of the shot, there's a hamster on a yes. wheel. And uh, you can barely make it out until it's pointed out to you. But apparently Terry Gilliam was so obsessed with getting this shot, this hamster spinning in the wheel while he was doing this shot of Bruce Willis, um, that it yeah. it became a, a kind of a little meme within the crew about what he was prepared to go through to get it. So let me go oh, to right. my uh, okay. my Wikipedia-inspired uh, <laughs> <laughs> blurb. Uh, totally so, original blurb. Yeah. So, Twelve Monkeys is a 1995 American science fiction film directed by Terry Gilliam, and it's inspired by Chris Marker's 1962 short film Le Jeté, and it stars Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, and Brad Pitt. Um, it's a deadly virus was released in '96 and wiped out almost all of humanity, forcing survivors to live underground. A group known as the Army of the Twelve Monkeys is believed to have released the virus. In 2035, James Cole is a prisoner living in a subterranean compound uh, beneath the ruins of Philadelphia, and he is selected to be trained and sent back in time to find the original virus in order to help scientists uh, develop a cure. You're a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. No license, no prints, no warrants. But he took on five cops like he was just into the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're <coughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys. You've been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. You think I'm crazy when people start dying next month? I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War One in your leg, James. How did it get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you. Get you out. 
Don't even try. We're all monkeys. The thing mutates, we live underground. They're watching you. I just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet. So, um, when did, when did you see this film? Did you see it at the time? So I only no, no, I only saw it around a month ago, just oh, okay. before I suggested these films, and and uh, it was a film that we kind of talked about watching for a long time, and for some reason I kept putting off watching it. I don't know why. I, right. I I think I was associating it maybe with a different film, or I didn't think I was going to like it, or or something. I don't know what it was, but there was something putting me off watching it. But when I uh, so I hadn't seen it and I didn't see it when it came out, but I really enjoyed it, actually. I, I thought it was great. It's very funny. Like It is yeah. funny watching it now because there's certain things in it that I thought was hilarious. Like the amount of dubbing oh <laughs> that God, was yeah. in it. That yeah. <laughs> there's so much dubbing that was in it, but really, again, over-the-top, pretty kind of out-of-sync dubbing as well. It yeah. was almost like... That was something that they were speaking that what what you would see in, in in a film that was a shot originally in a different language right. and then dubbed in English really now, badly or I, something like that. But that kind of added to the sort of weirdness of the whole thing. I thought. <coughs> I think ADR had kind of that something had happened with ADR around that time. Auto, automatic dialogue replacement or automated dialogue mm-hmm. replacement, and where um, it seemed like a lot of films were like that. I remember I, I showed it the opening uh, sequence of Seven before the the credits to students a lot. Yeah. And there's one scene in the where it's a one shot where Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are talking in the street and there's rain pounding down and you kind of go, okay, this dialogue is, has all been replaced. But it's mm-hmm. it's so it's so obvious that you just kind of go, how yeah. did they not see this? And it's like even the yeah. tone of voice doesn't match the facial expression and stuff like that. It's disastrous. So I don't know. Yeah. Did something happen around then? Like some that's new technology what, that we were they weren't getting, they're trying to get to grips with or something. <coughs> I think so. I think dubbing was ju- just becoming a thing, as in good dubbing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dubbing people you quite see. well and quite realistically and all of that. I think that was just becoming a thing. Yeah. Then it must have been because any films from around that time, it's all the same, and it's it looks so bizarre now because it's so good now and it's yeah. so subtle and a lot of the time. Well, even like um, re rewatching The Sopranos at the moment, which was obviously started at the end of the nineties, yeah, and then and, and and then went into the noughties. But uh, the first season of that, there's a lot of dubbing right. in it as well. That to me seems very very obvious isn't it like i don't think it's obvious to everyone but to me i'm kind of like god that now as and I, as it goes on then you wouldn't even almost notice it so i definitely yeah. think something was happening in the 90s when was when was 12 monkeys made uh it was released in 95 so yeah it was right oh, 95 yeah. yeah but but it was um i think sometimes when you see bad dubbing like that you kind of get the sense that maybe they changed some of the dialogue and re-recorded it and well possibly it's close that, that's but the other it's thing. you know but anyway, uh, as really. a film, though, I was um, I really like it. I think it's great. Have you seen the, yeah. the film it was inspired by, uh, Le Chate? The, no, the, I haven't, so actually. It, no. Le Chate is it's similar in, in lots of ways, but it's basically, um, it's photographs. And uh, right. black and white photographs are beautifully done. And it technically was made in the, if I'm not mistaken, it was made in the 30s, maybe. Um, okay. I can't remember when. I'm going to look it up. But... Um, so it's all these um, still photographs of um, based on a time traveler. Oh, 62, 62. Um, mm-hmm. 
<coughs> but it, it's really good. It's it's kind of thing you'd watch maybe once or twice, and but it's very effective. There's one there's one moment in it that kind of they they use a sequence of photographs to imply some movement, and it works very well. But um, mm. I really liked the as with a lot of Terry Gilliam films, the uh, the production design is always fantastic, and I love this. Yeah, he has this cobbled together version of the future where it's all pipes and you know and it's just doesn't look very high tech it looks very mechanical and um and i really like that that look to it but i oh I, you're breaking up there on me so you're breaking up on me too you're breaking. oh oh right okay <laughs> but i guess it's like, well, you broke up on me first <laughs> this is how it ends um can you hear me now <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I can hear you now. So yeah. yeah, I just like that look of the future that he has, where everything is very uh, cobbled together, and it's all very. Yeah. I don't want to use the word steampunk, but it's very you know pipes. It and, is a. And it is a. Yeah. It, it is a that, bit like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's all bellows and yeah. pipes and you know coal-powered things and stuff like that. Somehow that makes a time yeah. time machine, you know. Um, but yeah. I, but I really yeah. like that. I like I kind of like a good time travel machine, no matter how many kind of, you know. Oh, you're gone again. Am I gone? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, am I there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, you're back. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't hear you there for a second. I don't know what's happening now. Um, mm. Anyway. I think. We'll see. Yeah, yeah you're back now. Anyway. Okay. I can hear you now. Um, <coughs> so I, I like a, a good time travel movie. Yeah, and, I, and I always just, I even, I don't really care if they don't make sense logically. The no time travel film is going to make sense. There was, well, well, that's the thing. Yeah. There was one uh, relatively recently, uh, in the last 20 years or so, 15 years. Uh, and it was, they. I think they, they really stuck to the rules of time travel in this thing. And, but it mm-hmm. was it was so complicated. What was it called? Yeah, well, this is uh, this the one. It's a one word. Oh title. no, I'm thinking of that time one, where people get time or something like that instead of money. There's, I think oh. it's called time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's the Justin Timberlake one. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. really really bad. No, I don't actually think the there is time travel. I think it's just called time. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of is called Primer. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. It's really good, but my God, it'll melt your brain trying to watch it. It's uh, well, see, that's the thing. If you actually, you know, if it was trying to be in any way realistic, it would melt your brain yeah. because it is <laughs> very convoluted. I'm assuming just yeah. this time travel thing. So if you're going to put in a film, especially one yeah. like this, that's kind of like I haven't seen many of Terry uh, Gilliam's. Um, films but are they all quite like because when i was watching this night it seems very um cartoony but in a good way it's yeah like and he was a cartoonist so that, zany over yeah the and he, okay. he was a cartoonist you know in monty python years ago and yeah uh, yeah i think this is the peak of his films i i didn't really right. like anything after this as much as um as i did uh 12 monkeys but um mm-hmm. yeah so it's very complicated in in some ways but I, just a central idea you know of this time traveler going back to, to just to figure out that they can't stop the disease that's already yeah. happened but they're trying to find the original patient or the, the ground zero the patient zero and to work on a cure mm-hmm. in the future but yeah, <coughs> so yeah. from that angle i thought it was an interesting approach so he's not trying to save the world you're just trying to save you know to recover you know, everybody yeah, in this that, uh, in the time he visits is doomed. It can't be saved. 
Yeah. But he has to, he I, I really like that as... Sorry, go on. No, he can, only, he can only bring the knowledge back to the future and save them. He can't save anyone in his current... In the time he travels to with Madeline Stowe and stuff like that, you know? So... Um, yeah, which is nice. <coughs> you don't see that too much in these time travel films. They're always trying to stop somebody or, or yeah. kill somebody or, or something like that. So it's kind of... It's a, it's a slightly more realistic <laughs> way of yeah. doing it in a way, in a very unrealistic scenario. And there are some lovely moments in it as well where, you know, he goes back and he's in the taxi which is also hilarious because so much of that if you watch it again is, is dubbed and it, it really yeah. does look like a film that's been made in a different language that's now dubbed over and also it, 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 uh, it's so kind of over the top and it, when he hears the mu- music yes, you know, for the yeah, first yeah. time in years and even yeah. when he's outside and just enjoying outside you know there's some really nice isn't there a moment like when, well? he, when he's in the taxi or in, in a car and it, it's very obviously like some rear projection screen going up for the background of the yeah, it's so it. bad yeah. but I, I get a feeling it, it really was, is I get the feeling it was on purpose as well though because so, he's kind of well, got that nostalgia of old movies and stuff like that in there yeah but i thought I there was some great moments in it where you see the lion in the uh in the outside the philadelphia library i think it is or the new is mm-hmm. it philadelphia he goes back to it is and you see the lion yeah, that's yeah. that's roaming the streets and stuff like that and that, that works very well and there's some lovely imagery in it yeah and uh but i think yeah. i think the virus kind of almost takes a back seat to it what did you think of um brad pitt in it yeah, I thought he was very good. Yeah. I thought he was really good. And and like around, that would have been probably around the time that I wouldn't have really rated him much as an actor. Yeah. I thought he was just, you know, a pretty boy and things like that. Yeah. Like when, if I'd watched that back then. But no, I thought he was very good. Yeah. I think um, he was probably like a tiny bit too twitchy. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. he was very, yeah. Like really nitpicking now. Yeah. But I actually thought he was very good and I really liked his character. Yeah, he, he was, was very good. funny. And, 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 s- and there's one bit where... <laughs> Or, um, Brad or Bruce Willis eats something like eats a spider or something like yes. that when he's in the bed. I don't. I can't remember why. Yeah. And, well, and at Brad, the at the Brad Pitt's. The, sorry, go on. Oh, just uh, and Brad Pitt's reaction to that is very yeah, funny. Yeah. Like it seemed like quite a realistic reaction. Yeah. Kind of like uh, their mind is already half gone, and then yeah. they just see this strange thing, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and just continues on with whatever they're saying. No, I thought he was very good in it. <laughs> um, yeah, and but I thought. Uh, I thought it ended really well. I thought there was a, that, without giving anything away, the airport scene at the end was was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, the way yeah. that the whole story loops back on itself, as a lot of time travel films will, but this seemed to do it in a more yeah. emotional way. But as virus movies go. Yeah. The virus is the backdrop to the time travel. Yeah, it really is. You know. Yeah, it's more about the time travel. It yeah. was interesting watching it now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, thinking a little bit about the virus, but it well, I, I, it well, I kind of forgot about that when I was yeah. watching it, whereas something like Outbreak or Contagion, especially, that's very much at the forefront yes, of it. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, it was kind of just the background to it. But uh, no, I really I really enjoyed it and I, re- I would definitely recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I would I, too. I'm kind of almost... Yeah, I'm sort of glad I'm only watching it now because I think watching it now almost makes it a little bit funnier because it's so over the top. I think so, so kind yeah. Of zany and even yeah. those little things like the green screen, the really yeah. obvious green screen or the dubbing or anything yeah. like that, it's all kind of just adds to the weirdness yeah. of the whole thing. It is a very it. surreal kind of um, science fiction movie, but it's uh, yeah. very strong. I really recommend it. If you haven't seen it, I, w- I would check it out. And also the the Hamster Factor documentary, which I'm pretty sure is on YouTube, oh, yeah. is also worth, worth people's time. So, uh, let's go to Final Contagion. Go on to? Um, yes. So, Contagion is a 2011 American sci-fi thriller directed by Steven Soderbergh. 
Uh, the plot concerns the spread of a virus transmitted by what are called fomites. Attempts by medical researchers and public health officials to identify and contain the disease, the loss of social order in a pandemic, and the introduction of a vaccine to halt its spread. It was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory. Did you mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport? No. She said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Matt! No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She had a history of seizures? No, no, no. Allergies? As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. He says, well, can I go talk to her? Mr. Amos, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened? So I had seen this around the time. Had you seen it when it mm -hmm. first came out? No, I hadn't. Okay. And I remember again. I remember people talking about it, and it was out. But I, I thought it was just some silly action film. Yeah. That's what I, I thought. So that's. I think that's why I didn't watch. I just no. really didn't rate it. I actually didn't realize it had such a big cast. Yeah. And such a good cast in it as well. Like I had well no I idea there was so I many really good actors. I in found it. the casting a little distracting at times. I'll come to that a bit later. But there was the. Right. I had seen this at the time and I remember it distinctly and I looked this up last night and there was a lot of people going it's a bit over the top that would never happen and you know it, come on you know at the time yeah they were saying absolutely that. and it just right. they just seemed to think it was a bit ridiculous you know and I also remember people taking a lot of pleasure in the fact that um they get to see Gwyneth Paltrow die quite quite early on in the film. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of like, did you ever see that film Scream? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Res, Res where Craven's one where Drew Barrymore dies. Yeah, kill off very someone quickly at the start. You know. Um, really famous, yeah. yeah. At the start. I had no idea that she was going to die, so I was actually <laughs> shocked by that and when actually, I watched it. How, how she did die was very gruesome in a, in, a, in a kind of very oh, yeah. mundane kind of just collapses on the floor and yeah. two minutes later is gone but um yeah. so yeah. it's basically it starts off with her returning uh from a business trip to i think it was hong kong and mm -hmm. within yep. from the moment we see her she's looking a bit kind of sweaty and kind of yeah disheveled and it's 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 already there and <coughs> she comes home to her husband Matt Damon and within a couple of minutes she's gone or certainly yeah, the next morning she's gone yeah. you know yeah I think it's yeah within she comes home and she feels quite sick and yeah. then she uh, gives her son a big hug yeah which doesn't end well yeah and, uh, yeah I think it's the next morning or something she what collapses are, what and then is brought into hospital yeah Ma and Matt Damon is her husband then and he turns out that he is immune to it but uh yeah just by sheer look and I thought he was very good in it. Actually, I really, I really liked yeah. the scene where they're in the hospital and he, they tell him she's dead and he goes, oh, well, can I go talk to her? And he, he hasn't registered, you know? And I just thought I that, know, was that was very, yeah. such a strange but believable kind of moment in a way that he just didn't hear what had been said to him, you know? 
I just I know ha- how I, I did actually notice that because yeah. I was thinking that um, it would it probably would take a while to sink in but also I was thinking I really hope <coughs> I never have a doctor like that informing me of news because <laughs> the way the doctor said it as well was so <laughs> casual so unfortunately <coughs> yeah. we uh, couldn't save her and blah 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 like it was <laughs> all very like a normal part of the conversation yeah so sorry about that sorry were you having a coffin fit over there and I didn't even know <laughs> no no I, I, you know what I've got I've, I've had a tiny cough you know I cough like three times a day oh. but every right. time I'm in a shop or something like that I'm going oh, I, I can't cough in here if I cough in <laughs> here like they're gonna a <laughs> net is gonna drop from Mom. the ceiling on me or something or yeah you know. I know but, that's um, the thing about now it's like if you feel any sort of tickle of a cough or yeah. a sneeze it's like and oh I, god I'm gonna have to swallow this and I have uh, I don't have sun, uh, hay fever but if it's very very sunny out I will sneeze a lot it's oh, a yeah. photo yeah, phototropic sneezes. or whatever it is called and I sneeze like <laughs> like I was walking up the road to a band and it's about 200 yards uh, from the bottom of the road to our house and from in walking from there to the house, I sneezed. We were, st- we were counting them. I sneezed seventeen times. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> so, like at the like the seventeenth oh. one, I was just reeling around and crashing into hedges and so. But <laughs> but as somebody who sneezes at least seven times in a row every time I sneeze, I never just sneeze once. I know what that's like. It's yeah. horrible, and you can't control it. Yeah, it's so violent ridiculous. as well. And but uh yeah so but i i, I really enjoyed uh yeah well it's all relevant <laughs> i really enjoyed yeah. uh the the way that the narratives uh you know developed in this and i thought it was very realistic mm-hmm. and the pacing was very good like there was elements in it where i guess i looked it up a little bit and they were saying well what's realistic about this or, or no sorry yeah. the, the articles i read were could it happen and this these are articles from the time where people were doubting it and a lot of scientists were saying well mm-hmm. absolutely it could and it, it has a it's, and they mentioned outbreak where an outbreak had this 100% almost fatality rate and this was something like 20% which would be like kind of what we're facing now but a lot, a lot less uh, yeah. virulent in that sense but not not virulent it's, lot, mm-hmm. it's a lot uh, less uh, likely to kill somebody but um, yeah but I so from that end of it it was very good and just the helplessness and the how time is against them and just the, the how difficult it is to come up with even identifying this this stuff but um so I thought it, it played out very realistically um yeah yeah especially when I having watched it against the other two I think yes, I watched absolutely. the other two films first and then I watched this and th- I thought the whole portrayal of it and, and one of the because I was reading a couple of articles as well about you know how realistic is it um could could this actually happen i think before like at the time when it was released and now as well but uh, some of the articles were saying that when it came to how the virus spread it was really realistic and that it came from a, a word that i've just heard of recently zoonotic origin in that it came from a bat to a pig to a person which yeah, they think, yeah. you know that's pretty much what happened yeah. with or w- what's happening at the moment yeah or how the coronavirus came about but um but yeah, like that's the thing. One of the articles I, I read was it was, it was that Doctor Smith was a scientist who was talking about it, and they were saying, you know, scientists they have been warning about this for years yeah, <laughs> that this absolutely. is going to happen, but just nobody, nobody really listened. Them and Bill Gates. Yeah. That, that uh, TED talk that's going around at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I saw re- another TED talk with him where basically the the TED guy was like, "So you gave this talk four years ago about this pandemic, and, and obviously it was it was a video call um, yeah. that they were doing and." Uh, he said, uh, and you know, he basically you predicted ex- everything exactly that's happening now at the moment. So did anybody listen at the time? And he's <laughs> like, well, uh, basically, no. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, so it is like watching Contagion back now and just seeing, 
yeah, seeing how quickly it spread. I suppose it had a much higher f- fatality rate, though, in Contagion, didn't it? Or it was a um, higher con- uh, fatality yeah, rate? Yeah, because it was so quick. You know, it was like yeah. from the moment of infection to the moment of death was hours in some cases. Yeah. And there aren't really yeah. viruses like that, I don't think. Uh, because it's not in mm-hmm. there, it's not in the virus's best interest, not that the virus have interest beyond propagating themselves, but it's, you know, it, was, uh, mm-hmm. it just seemed like this is where they needed the 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 scale and the speed of the problem to be movie speed and movie scale rather than yeah well that's you know. the thing yeah and that's yeah. okay you can't blame them for that the only the only issue i had with the, the two things right one was the casting because it just feel like mm. every tiny role that could be given to somebody was given to somebody big do you know what i mean yeah and even down to I smaller sometimes that is quite distracting actually yeah. even if they're a good actor you kind of think oh, i don't need to see now i'm really really glad kate winslet was in it though she I was very she good she was yeah. very good and i thought her character was really good as well yeah and i thought everybody was good it wasn't anyone in particular it was just the sheer number of them you know like you see i have to say jude law really annoyed <coughs> he me, was the, that was, was that was my second point accent or yeah, yeah. But actually, but just, is it just, just the accent or what? Uh, I think so because it moved around a bit. But the, just one thing about the casting before <laughs> that was, the, did you, uh, you remember the two the two guys who are analysing, there was a, a, a male and female scientist who were analysing uh, blood at the start and he had kind of long floppy hair. It was the comedian Dimitri Martin. I don't know if you know him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you remember yes, seeing him in that? Him, yeah. I was so distracted yeah. by Dimitri Martin there. I was going... That's a comedian. But how did he get this gig? And um, yeah, because he has this routine where uh, he he says, "I wonder what the the most profound thing that anyone ever said after the word dude." <laughs> He's gone, and he, his act was basically one of the sentences he came up with was, "Dude, that's DNA." <laughs> yeah. And I could just think of him yeah. saying that in the lab to somebody <laughs> in the film. But uh, he yeah. was he was good and and everything he was fine. But I was just I was thinking, God, that's quite distracting. Yeah, that's just for I me. It'd be somebody else for some. That as well. But yeah, I, it was a bit distracting. But Jude Law, I think, was the biggest problem in it. God, uh, be- I'm not a big fan of Jude Law, and anyway, I have to say, I just I I don't I, for some reason I never like his characters <laughs> that yeah, he plays yeah. in films. Which you know, if he's, he's a really a bit good sleazy. actor, it wouldn't be his fault. But he's he's always a bit sleazy, and it just just something about him. I. I, I, every time I'm watching him I just think I'm just watching Jude Law acting now I, I don't <laughs> see a character I just see Jude Law acting I don't know maybe I'm being too harsh on him but I, and also that stupid accent oh my what, where, what was it Australian was it English like well, where it was he supposed to be from because it started off I thought he's, he's English that's what I thought he's British I thought he was Australian and, but at the end I thought he was Australian and then I thought he, right. he went from England to Australia via South Africa at one point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. just going, at one stage it did. It started wandering off into oh, South Africa. It was Africa all over the place. Like, oh, God, here, just choose one, stick with yeah. it. But uh, yeah, he, that was a bit, that was probably, yeah, one of my biggest problems. And that anytime he came on, I just got annoyed. I was like, oh, go away. I just wanted his scenes to be over there. Yeah, and absolutely. it's not like a character where it's, you just really don't like a character, but you can appreciate that oh yeah this is really good for the story it was more just he's just annoying i just yeah. don't want to look at him anymore now so yeah that was a bit of a problem for yeah me. but overall it didn't um, take too I, I much on the film though i didn't think i think he was still no, you no. know it was still very enjoyable no matter despite his best efforts but it was uh yeah, yeah. it took it took a little bit of kind of just get through this dude love and when he was walking yeah. around in a stupid spacesuit, i was just kind of Oh come oh, yeah. on! This 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 film doesn't need this kind of subplot. Yeah, but that's the thing, yeah. yeah. But over uh, overall, though, I thought you know mo- the uh, most of the parts played by the actors were 
they were great and uh, I thought the film was really good and very yeah eerily similar to what's happening at the moment oh absolutely and I thought it was just mm. had some very clever moments of just that the showing the, the the progress of the the spread and just how many people you know you come in contact with that you're not even aware of how you transfer obje yeah, objects to each thing. other and you know and it was so yeah. many stuff that like where Kate Winslet tells somebody stop touching your face and stuff like that and you kind of yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. just yeah, these um, but it and was that, that fact that they gave where somebody I, I can't remember what the number was but uh, I, the average human touches their face whatever yeah or a couple of thousand times a day or something oh crazy God, like that but uh, it yeah, seems like this the this this there's less time when we're actually not touching our face. You know what I mean? It just seems like that's yeah. all we do yeah. is touch our face. Yeah. Um, so I would heartily recommend it. It's been the top 10 films on Netflix in Ireland at the moment. And uh, so mm, I'd say yeah, it's, it is, yeah. it's, it, I, I texted you last night to say this is a grim watch or something, but I really enjoyed it yeah. by the end. I thought it was very good, you know. Um, yeah, me too. Even though it is, you know, it is kind of. It's. A, I, I've seen a lot of people online say yeah. that, but they're fine. They're watching all of these virus movies, but they're finding uh, Contagion kind of the hardest to watch yeah, because it's absolutely. the most realistic and the yeah. most similar to what's happening at the moment. Oh, definitely. But I, I did, re I did, though I did really enjoy it, and I really enjoy. I or I thought the last part was great when they show how Gwyneth Paltrow got it in the first place and, and yes. then they kind of loop back to how the virus started in the first place and it went from a pig and that came from a bat and all yeah. this. So, uh, yeah, I thought I thought the way it was done, I, I was really expecting it to be much more of an action film. I didn't realise yeah. it was a drama. You know, it's a thriller, but yeah, it's more it of is. a drama thriller yeah. more than anything else. So. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah, has that thriller kind of, um, you know, trying to solve the case kind of thing and join the dots and come up with the cure and all of that stuff and it was but also it showed you the you know how people's uh concerns let them down in a way or not their concerns but their yeah. their priorities and and that moment yeah. where Lawrence Fishburne is kind of advising his his wife or his his future wife to just pack mm -hmm. up and get out of town and uh and, which was oh. very good and also but then she let us slip to somebody else and then um then the guy, the doctor, the guy, the caretaker in the hospital overhears him. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. That was my only thing, though. I thought, I don't know if he would have been treated so badly in real life. I, I still don't understand why that was such a big deal. He told somebody he loved to get out of somewhere. Like, I think yeah, if but no, what out in Ireland that a politician that hmm, maybe I made that up the wrong way, did I? No, well, I, I just my point was that he. She, he told her, but then she told somebody yeah. else, and then that person, and then it just spreads. Once, once it, it's it's like a virus in and of itself, yeah. kind of spreading the, yeah, you know, yeah. the 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 fear of it all, you know, and then the panic starts, and that's the knock on effect, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought the way he was, the, the way they dealt with him was very very harsh, and I was wondering would that actually happen yeah. in, in real life? If, yeah, but, I, but maybe, I, yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, so we're yeah. recommending that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. So on Netflix right now. So <coughs> let's move on to uh, Animal Collective, Sung Tongs. I could never remember the title of this album. I was going, oh, yeah. Ting Tongs, Tang Sangs, whatever, what's it called? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Up until very, very recently, as in maybe like last week, I was calling it song tongues I, I can't yeah. yeah it's very yeah it's only re it's only really really recently that i'm actually um, yeah. getting it right but uh yeah so this week i asked will to listen to sung tongues so sung tongues is the fifth studio album by american band animal collective it was released on uh in may 
2004 by Fat Cat Records. The album at the time generated much praise from critics upon its release and was featured in many best of lists in 2004 and at the end of the decade. But did its folky charms win over Will or was it all a bit too manic for our melody loving musician? <laughs> um, I that up <coughs> Sorry. I said I made that up myself. Nice. If you can believe I it. I can. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, had you heard of this album before? I'd heard. Yeah, I'd heard did. of the band. I hadn't heard of the album at all. You know. Okay. I was mixing them up as well with another band called uh, Loose Fur, and uh, okay. they're another collective or another. Uh, there's floating members and stuff like that, and but uh, I was kind of mixing them up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I sent you a text saying that I was listening to this like, maybe a week or two yeah. ago. And I said something mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Here we go. Um, what did I think of it? Uh, it? I couldn't believe the praise this thing gets. That's That was amazing right. to me. That was just, I looked it up on Pitchfork. Now, I should have known better because Pitchfork are, you know, they're such snobs. They're unbelievable. But it was, right. you know, I think I felt like I was reading this going, what am I not getting here? So, I don't know if anyone. I'll play some bits of the as interspersed in our conversation. People can hear it. But mm-hmm. when I heard it first, uh, the first couple of tracks, I was kind of going, "This is okay. Yeah, I can kind of see what's going on here." Uh, but mm-hmm. it's kind of had this childlike uh, feel to it, even in their voices and their. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed it seemed like they couldn't play that well, or they were purposely <laughs> trying to not play so precisely and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it was um it's kind of chaotic and a bit r- nonsensical and but i was kind of going you know, when we when i was playing a band that we used to when we'd meet to rehearse before we'd start playing our songs like somebody would start playing something just a little riff or a little bass thing or whatever it was and we'd all start playing yeah. along to it and making it up and we might play like that for 10 minutes and then just to loosen up and just it'd be nothing just literally making up as you go along and the longer you know each other the better you get at that kind of thing um mm-hmm. and you might play for 10 minutes and there might be one minute in the middle of it which was kind of good you know or it was okay and it just seemed mm-hmm. like th- they had extracted little bits from just jams where there was no kind of rules or no kind of structure or anything like that and uh and it was it was okay do you know what i mean it was and but as it went on i was going kind of going what is the point of this i don't know why you need so many of these songs like this you know (laughs) i kind of felt they had Mm -hmm. kind of made their point very early on and it was very right uh and then i was thinking when when would you listen to this or why would you listen to this as far as it's not like they're very catchy melodic sing-along songs they don't Mm -hmm. have particularly great lyrics or anything nothing they're not terrible or anything like that but they're not like you know they're not going to become standards or anything like that but that's but it just seemed like it was um i don't know weirdness for the sake of it or something or 
it was kind of pretentious <laughs> i felt and a bit kind of it's almost like they're you're being dared to kind of say well these aren't songs really are they now lads come on <laughs> you know it's like they're daring you to say that and they'll go oh no it's it's all art everything and they're right you know but i just kind of came away from it going do i need to hear this twice i don't know i mean what <laughs> what is your take on it it's it's, it's surprising to me that, that it's that you like it as much as you do i don't know why but um, right okay yeah no I suppose because it's quite different to some of the other um, albums that I've asked you and musicians that I've asked you to listen to like <laughs> The Field and um, uh, War on Drugs as well but it's so funny though that you said uh, uh, you felt like it was weirdness for the sake of it because <laughs> I actually thought that is exactly <laughs> why you would say possibly <laughs> when you listen to it because I can understand and I can understand why one might think that but just before I, I give my thoughts on that um, how many times have you listened to the album? Um, I listened you know? to it I listened to half of it when I texted you then I listened mm-hmm. to it again the whole thing all the way through yesterday and then I went back right. on some of the songs today. Now, when I went back on them today, they made a bit more sense. Each time I listen, they make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And I can see mm-hmm. there's more going on than you might have thought in earlier listens. But it, I don't yeah. think it's ever going to get to the point where I kind of go, you know, I could pick up a guitar and play those little noodly one or two chord uh, strumming pat- or picking patterns or whatever they do those things are not hard to do do you know what i mean it's and i I don't mean that as i'm so good i can do this i think almost anyone with a guitar could do this and maybe that's their point but it -hmm. just didn't add up to just didn't it just wasn't interesting to me i just didn't feel uh it had this kind of weird mix of this weird folk kind of record psychedelic and it's kind of it it kind of reminds me of the, the music that people would make if they were maybe a little out of it and then they thought it was great when they were out of it and then mm-hmm. now they've come back down and they're kind of not willing to admit it wasn't very good but i don't know i don't know uh, uh, there was a phrase that i'm trying to find here that, that somebody used about it but so tell me about about your kind of thoughts on it your experience of, of listening to it yeah so the reason why i asked um how many times you listen to it because i do definitely think this is a, a massive a grower <laughs> of an album if that makes sense in that i first heard this only like a year and a half ago two years ago or whatever i only really started listening to animal collective around two years ago um or even yeah maybe a year and a half ago but um and i'd heard um this album just mainly s- different songs different tracks from this album and a couple of them i loved like i loved at the time i really liked um winter's love and also visiting friends which is the 12 minute one which i'll get into in a minute i, re- I did really like both of those songs at the time but um nothing really as nothing else on the album really stood out for me but it's only really recently like maybe in the last probably in the last six months where i've been re-listening to this album and i absolutely love it like I, it's, it's probably i haven't listened to too many animal collective albums i've only listened to a couple and it's more so there's particular tracks that I really love of theirs but at the moment this is my favourite Animal Collective album but there's lots of others that I still have to listen to properly but uh, yeah but there's loads of others that I, I still have to listen and it's quite different to the rest of them as well so there's like there's a couple of things one of the reasons why I love this album it's just I I think it's it's quite um not misleading but like everything you're saying there i can totally understand why you think that like i could totally understand why you think it's people just messing around on a guitar or that sounds like that or people maybe off their heads and they're doing it and then you know don't want to admit it afterwards but i actually think it's it's not misleading is the word 
like I can see why one would think that but I actually think their songs are actually are quite subtle and I, r- I love their songs on this but I really think it's, it's an album that you need to listen to you don't need to I think <laughs> the more you listen to it the more you appreciate it like there's the, the thing is when I first heard this I kind of thought yeah all the songs were a bit they're a bit folky but a bit strange but actually the more I listen to it the more I realise that there are actually really clear melodies in a lot of them and, and, and some of their songs are kind of more kind of they're, they're not in any way sort of you know uh, mainstream pop at all but no, I think no. there are actually a lot of a lot of kind of straightforward lovely melodies like it really reminds me some of the songs in this they almost remind me of lullabies and like you said uh, something about uh, children there and like that's what I, when I think of this yeah. album I think of a couple of things I think of like it's it's very childlike but I, I quite like that it's almost like um, one of the things I just thought of earlier on it, it kind of it's like children who have who are learn just learning how to talk and sing <laughs> and play instruments at the same yeah. time, like all that eh, 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 kind of thing. But yeah. I actually I really like. I think it goes really well together. And it's just it was just the two. It was just Panda Bear and Avi Tear on this album. And I think their voices go really well together. Like Nikki, our friend Nikki, once described Animal Collective. I don't know if you're gonna agree with this, but I really do. It's like if the Beach Boys were around now and doing things a, li- a little bit more experimental, they would kind of sound like Animal Collective. And I, I think they do. I think they're more. <laughs> I think I know the Beach Boys maybe have such more um, what's the word straightforward um, uh, classically appealing harmonies but I think the way I think that just the difference with Animal Collective is I think they've got lovely harmonies it's just that they, you know where the Beach Boys they're kind of you know singing the same thing in, in, in different ranges or, or, or different a di- a different t- or different harmonies uh, but uh, with Animal Collective maybe Panda Bear would sing one thing and uh, Avi Terra would sing another thing and they'll be kind of almost contrasting with each other but th- there's a really nice flow to it like th- when I listen to this whole album it really just reminds me of being outdoors and in, in nature and I think that's one of the things I love about this album it's like it's so it's not even just it's not visual i think it's very atmospheric but when i listen to it i can really almost feel like what it would be like to be in a forest like there's you know there's so many of their uh, in a forest beside you know water or, or like a babbling brook yeah. or something like that there's one there's <laughs> one um i think it's leaf house actually in particular is ve- or no it's the softest voice yeah it's the softest voice number three on the album that r- every time i listen to it like i do think they have little sound effects in there that almost sound like bird not birds but it, it's kind of it really would remind you almost of the ebb and flow of a stream or of a river and that's what i really love about their their songs like something like um winter's love there's kind of two different parts of the song and there's a bit of a break in the song and then it kind of yeah it starts off as this kind of real delicate little thing and then it sort of builds into a bigger thing and it is a bit it is a bit strange and it's a bit unusual but i suppose i really like that because i think there's so many songs now and, and i can see why one might think yeah okay you can be a bit unusual but you don't have to be unusual for the sake of it but i really don't think they are being unusual for the sake of it because i don't think it sounds so unusual that it doesn't work i think it does work i just think they're doing things in a slightly different way but but for me it's almost and like i've said this before i don't know anything about you know the guitar or or, um music in general i just know like how it makes me feel and i just Go on, sorry. sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to yeah, say, I, I don't think that stuff really matters. And I said, I don't really care how they make it or why they've chosen to do it the way they do. Just for me, I just find, I, I think there's almost like, I like dynamics in a song, you know, where, and you'll probably argue that there's plenty in there. But for me, I just didn't find anything, you know, I guess it's not that I like straightforward things more. I just I like mm-hmm. when people do something interesting with a traditional structure. 
Do you know what I mean? Or a traditional yeah. approach. So they do something interesting within that framework. Whereas I find that this seems like there are no rules to this. And it and it doesn't have yeah. to be rules as such, but it's like I don't know, it's uh I suppose that's probably one of the things that I like about it. That yeah. the fact that it doesn't seem like there's any rules. It's like they yeah, they kinda know, yeah, this is the way it's sort of supposed to go, this is what sounds good and this is probably what doesn't sound good, but we're just sort of gonna mess around with it until we find something that we think sounds good. And th- and and I do and, and for me anyway, and again I think this is why it's a grower, like definitely the more I listen to it, the more I like it and the more I appreciate the different melodies and like a lot of their melodies, like songs like Leaf House, I, I, I find it really hard to not sing along with them. Like some yeah. of their little, you know, the little um, melodies in there. I, and I, they're really, really difficult to sing along to as well. Like that's the other thing. I was just saying this the other night that it sounds almost like they're not singing well almost at times. They are and, and maybe they're not. <laughs> that, they're <laughs> I think they are, though. And, and they're maybe... You'd, or it you'd just sounds bad. Oh yeah, they're... <laughs> no, but, but as in like maybe they're not the most amazing singers or something like that. But when you ch- when I try now, I am a terrible singer, so this is not a good example. But when I try to sing along to one of their songs, they're really difficult to sing along to. And I think actually they are, and like Panda Bear, especially, I think is a, he's classically trained and all of this sort of stuff in singing. Like I do, I really like his voice, and I like Avi Terra's voice as well. I think sometimes for me, Avi Terra's voice can get a bit shrill yeah. on some of the other albums, not on this. I really like his voice on this album, but it, uh, Panda Bear in particular, he's got the real. He kind of goes. He, the sort of almost like a baritone but then can go up quite high as well um so i i love it i think it's it's really it's you know i i heard some uh, i read um i think it was probably pitchfork or, or some article describing them as experimental pop i i don't know if i would call them experimental pop they're definitely experimental i, I don't know not all of their songs i would i would call pop but uh, this particular album i suppose again just for the the not just the not the images that it creates when i listen to it it's more the, the feelings and yeah. that i think if if somebody would say this is a song if this is an album about nature or being outdoors or you know this kind of almost like fairy tale childlike thing which normally I wouldn't like that at all I would find it you know I would normally find it very gimmicky but with this album it seems so natural or something there's something so yeah there's something so natural about this album that I really like and it doesn't feel in any way overproduced at all obviously and I, I really like yeah that. I think it's I, I think, I think that's they've, what I really like they've about managed it. to to make uh, an album sound like I say not overproduced but it is very produced there's a lot going on in there that's uh mm-hmm. that's you know it's very skillful in the way it's put together because it has this kind of campfirey kind of childish yeah. kind of weird where campfire it's like, <laughs> it's like I can imagine that's the soundtrack to a, a movie like where the wild things are or something like that you know uh, yeah it, and I and I do there's nothing there was no song where I went, this song is a piece of crap. There's nothing like that. It was just, mm-hmm. I couldn't, what I couldn't believe was the the sheer level of praise this thing was getting. I just couldn't wrap my head around that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I kind of yeah. thought, like I've listened to it, I listened to it today, I can barely yeah. remember anything of it beyond the feeling of it. Do you know that? And I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember a I, single yeah. word of it. I can't remember. Oh well, the lyrics, I like we said remember. before, I like I don't know what they're saying, but I, uh, but I don't never listen to people's lyrics, so that almost doesn't even come into it for yeah. me. And there and there is a lot of times where it's just like, what are they? Are they actually saying words? But I don't even. I no, but I don't. I, I guess I I'm. I don't su- really care so much about. That. Oh no, that's fine. And I, I guess I'm just surprised that I don't remember anything. Do you know what I mean? I, right, d- I don't yeah. think those songs are for me. They're not memorable on a first listen. 
but that's what I that's the thing I think no I they're probably not I do think it's one that you um you could li- you would almost need to I suppose is a better yeah. word listen to lots of times before you fully appreciate them I actually think they're quite subtle in that way I think they kind of creep up on you that's what happens yeah. to me that's what happened to me anyway with this album and that I kind of thought oh yeah that's sort of it there's a couple of nice songs there's two no- two songs on that that I love yeah. everything else is a bit mm, whatever you know uh, yeah f- forgettable but now now that I've listened to it so much and the more I listen to it and and you were saying when would you do it away I anytime I, yeah, this is, like, I think yeah. this is lovely background music I think it's it's lovely music for when you're walking if if you're if you're in a more contemplative mood <laughs> I think yeah. it's really good as well so yeah I, I have to say I love it it's okay. probably well, it's probably one of my most listened to albums well, of I'm, the last I'm six definitely months, gonna I'm definitely gonna listen to it again because listening to it today I could kind of feel what you're saying a little bit in that it's starting to click for me but I think f- mm-hmm. and I could see I, I think when I listened to somebody had said online I was looking at Metacritic and stuff like that where people were pitchfork where people were saying about it and somebody said is it Leaf House is the first song he said it's one of the great yep. greatest songs ever written and I went I felt like going okay, are you well, out yeah. of your fucking mind <laughs> because <laughs> that is not one of the greatest songs ever. maybe to him it is but to, I just couldn't believe that level of kind of this one, well, one or two chord song is the greatest song ever written and I can't remember a was single word fans? of it. <laughs> <laughs> was this by fans or was this by critics? Uh, I guess it was by a fan do but know? it was just, I do, I do on. think with Anima Collective it does seem very... They, they are one of, there are one of those bands, they are one of those bands who they have, their their fans mm. are, they're obsessed with them. Yeah, a lot of them are really, and they really think they're the best band. Oh yeah. Ever. And, and I, I, can kind, I can sort of understand where, you know, you know where they're coming from in that like at the time as well like it was released in 2004 I don't think there was anyone else in that arena of music anyway making that type of music like I would imagine there wasn't any other people um, (laughs) (laughs) making that (laughs) style of music but like if you can imagine if you're somebody who's into that and, and like you're kind of you know maybe even waiting for something a little bit more experimental to come along and then something like Animal Collective came along I can imagine why people would get caught up in it really not not even in a like i think they're not that i i don't think it's it's justified because i i love the album but i have noticed that about you know forums i've gone on to with animal collective um fans they really really love them oh yeah and there's there certainly seems to be albums that you're supposed to like more than others and stuff like that and if you choose the wrong one you're in trouble but i get the whole beach boys thing i guarantee you i'll tell you one thing nicky's never listened to a beach boys (laughs) album Never. He has never listened to me because Nicky doesn't listen to music that's older than him. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. So the, the more you listen to Animal Collective, I honestly, I will. I think I'll give it start, a Eventually, maybe in a couple of years, you'll start to see where I'm coming from with well, that. If, if I'm not going to give this thing years. And they were <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think but, uh, in, a, in a kind of time when there's so much, I guess 2004 might have been a bit different, but when there's so much competition for your ears and your eyes and stuff like that and you know i kind of i do admire them in in one way for for what they do and how they approach it and they you know they're just making Mm -hmm. their their music and that's the way it should be but you kind of think do you want this thing to do well or not do you just kind of (laughs) i just don't see I don't see how sleeper albums like that really happen anymore. In a sense, you know, it's uh, maybe well, maybe it wouldn't happen so much maybe today. it does maybe it wouldn't happen now. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Maybe that that's that's why it's great. It was released when yeah. it did. Yeah, because I do think um, you know there's other songs we were just listening to earlier on from their album Mary Water, which I think was the most commercially successful. And we were just saying like this should have been. Uh, there was one particular song and it was real catchy and upbeat. And I think you'd really like it actually. Mm. Really catchy and upbeat and a, a lovely kind of hook and chorus and all yeah. that and. Uh, 
It's not I'm much to ask for. This should have been. <laughs> this should have been. You would imagine this should have been really popular. And we were saying probably if this had been promoted more, it would have been. Like <laughs> I do think they're the type of band who I don't know much about them, but I, it seemed to me anyway. It seems like they're the type of band yeah. who will put something out, and they, they like they're promoted obviously, and they they tour and all yeah. that sort of stuff. They seem to tour a lot, but like. I would imagine that they seem like the type of band they're happy enough to take a step back every so often as well. Yeah. Well, but maybe I'm definitely going to... I think that's quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to listen to it again because when I listened to it today, like I said, I could go, oh, that's quite sweet. I quite like that. I mm. guess for me, I just kind of I think listen go, to the softest voice. Sorry? Listen to the... And winter, listen to three and four. Uh, one, three and four. Okay. Uh, just listen to them. But especially the first half of the album, I, I think you'd prefer the first half of the yeah. album to the second half, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to give it another go. Like I say, it was starting to... I was starting to hear it properly as it went on, you know? But... Uh, Great. It... I do, I'm not one of those people who kind of develops a taste for a thing. If I taste something okay. or drink something and it's not nice, I'm not going to okay. keep drinking it until I... Right. I don't think you can drink something until you like it. You just drink something until it doesn't make you go... Well, anymore. wine. Well, yeah. well, wine. Do you know what that, I don't like about... Wine. Do you know what I don't like about wine? That whiny taste what? it has. Yeah. I don't really like that. <laughs> and I don't know how that would magically turn into something nice. Well, you never. Maybe sung tongues will be your maybe wine. Maybe it'll be my it'll wine. Just magically, one day, yeah. <laughs> Mature into vinegar. But, uh, um, I w- well, 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 that's good that you're going to listen to it again. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely, I will. Um, so I have a record to to recommend to you, and I was kind of trying to think oh, of yeah. formative records for me. Uh, and yeah. One, of, and I remember the first record I heard that made me kind of switch from, like that made me kind of realize that there was more that could be done with pop songs in terms of lyrics and you know um and that they could be about more kind of not adult themes but certainly more grown up or more kind of mature teens or whatever it was uh, and still yeah. be good pop music it was the band the the do you know the the who the 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 <laughs> Sounds, oh, yeah. yeah they have an album called <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they have an album called soul mining i don't know if you know it what a sh- Stupid um, name, yeah. I it have is actually a stupid heard of the worst names for a band ever. But they have an album Sorry, called. Sorry, what was the name of the album? Uh, Soul Mining, S O U L Mining. Oh, and, uh, mining. Okay. And it's I. It, I'd be interested to see what you think of it. It's it's a very straightforward pop record in a lot of ways, but I think it's been quite influential in it's only in British music. Um, and I'd okay. be interested to, to see your Great. take on it. See if you just if you yeah. can see it as an influential thing, or you can just kind of spot where the influences kind of showed up later on and stuff. But anyway, it's it's the first thing that came to mind. And the other thing I was going to suggest right. that we watch was the TV show called Devs. Devs? Devs. D-E-V-S. D-E-V-S. Yeah, it's written and directed by Alex Garland, who did The Beach and Annihilation and Ex Machina. And it stars Nick Offerman as the head of a very high-tech Google-style company who's working on something sinister slash amazing. Uh, on okay. There's, there's, excuse me, the sixth episode just was broadcast last week in America, so there's two to go. So if you, even if you watch the first couple, we could have a chat about that maybe. Okay, great, yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant. Okay. Okay, Bev's and Soul Mining. Yeah, those are my... Great. <laughs> one of them is quite a, an up-to-date pick, and the other one has got to be... 30 years old if, more, if not more right um, uh, um, but uh, okay so that's it another that's it yeah. another classic another, in the bag another one in the can <laughs> yeah in the bag in the can whatever yeah. so, so where would yeah, put so, it um, put it somewhere 
Uh, okay. Yeah, so who knows? Now the next one might be like this as well, yeah, or we might so. be able to be face to face again. So yeah, we'll, well see. at the rate we we'll do, we'll happens. probably be able to. We'll be out of quarantine by then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. We've been good lately. So um, okay. All right. All right then. All right. I suppose until next time then. Yeah. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Still